0: the amount of income that a realtor earns is directly impacted by the lender a hundred percent so you you can work so hard as a realtor and you get a lead and you nurture that lead and that lead becomes a client and then you hand that client off to a bad lender and it never they never get to the closing table and you never earn commission 100 percent. so the amount of money that an agent's going to earn next year is directly impacted by the lender they choose. That's it's just it.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Elevate. I am really glad you're here because we have Derek Horton on the podcast. Guys, I am stoked because Derek, you're the first uh, mortgage person that we've had come awesome. and talk. And this podcast is all about hopefully helping agents build their business, right? Um, particularly if you're a newer agent. And I think One of the things that we're talking about before we came on the show, and I want to I want you to tell us all about yourself, how you got into this and kind of what your story is. But um, to give everybody kind of a little bit of foundation of why I wanted you to come on is because what you do is really a cornerstone in the transaction process, I think. You know, I mean, it's an essential part to thoroughly understand for every agent. And we were you know, we were talking before we came on. Not every agent really understands it super yeah,
0: well. Absolutely.
1: And so I'm really glad that you're here, man. I can't tell you how much I appreciate your time, which is valuable and coming on and spending some time with us and, and, uh, and setting the record straight for some <laughs> things, uh, and helping us better understand what you do, man. It's, it's such a, it's, it's really awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah. 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 All right. So Derek, tell us you were Southern first. Southern first. How'd yep. you get into this business?
0: So first of all, thank you for having me. Yeah. I'm excited to be here. Uh, super excited to be here. So I was in banking 2012, uh, doing all kinds of general banking and, um, went through a mortgage process about that time. And it was really bad for yourself, (laughs) for myself, for yourself. Yeah. For myself. Um, and it it was, you know, a bad experience. It was choppy, Mm. a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress. I never knew what was going on and it was just, you know, a disaster. So I I went to banking school and, uh, had a friend that I graduated with and he was in mortgage. Mm. So, and along the ways I had helped a few mortgage bankers in Greenville do loans, Oh, okay. Um, like home equity lines, not, right. not a mortgage. Cause I wasn't doing mortgages. helocs and stuff like some that. Some of the guys, yeah. Some of the guys that I was doing loans for were really bad at their job hmm. and they were doing, they were really successful financially. Hmm. And so I was like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> you know, like <laughs> how, how, how are these guys, you know, I remember going home with my wife. I was like, listen, this knucklehead's making this much money and he was, he's not even good. So, you know, fast forward, reached out to my friend from banking school who was in mortgage and was like, hey, want to chat with you about this. So over sushi, we had a conversation. And in 2016, I was like, I'm jumping ship. I'm getting all mm. into mortgage. Mm. Um, mortgage is a full commission job, uh, at least where I am in most places. And so it was really terrifying mm. going from a, a a safe salary to I mean, you were essentially you know, starting your own business. You're starting right? your own. You're, yeah, yeah, you're, you're yeah. starting from scratch, 100%. right? So you're going from a salary. Uh, but in 2016, I was like, all right, beginning of 17, I will be somewhere uh, doing mortgages full time. And cool. so went all in in early January of uh, 2017, joined Southern First, and uh, it's been fun.
1: That's awesome, man. That's very cool. Yeah. So it's really funny that you mentioned the fact that you had a rough transaction you know, yourself, because I don't think that that's, i think that that's fairly common i i I,
0: very common. I think
1: it's very common that most people experience that where uh you, you mentioned like the lack of communication not knowing which is the worst part not knowing what's going on like yeah. underwriting seems like this magical land where yeah, 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 <laughs> it's yeah, like yeah. Where yeah. it's like things could happen or things yeah. could not happen or you know it, you you never know really what the yeah. process looks like and i think the the agents in my opinion and I, I want to get your opinion on this but what i just to just to see what you think but i think that the agents who can demystify that process as much as possible yeah. for the people that they're working with always tend to have a better client experience right and 100%. that's what that's what every agent wants every yeah. agent wants a smooth transaction yeah. a great customer experience because you need that walking talking billboard you need that person to go say hey like it was so easy to get this thing done with this person, that's yeah. always what you want.
0: Always, always, yeah. You you vision the underwriter kind of in the back room, you know, <laughs> evil trying to Pet, petting like a
1: cat. Yeah, petting, <laughs> petting <evil>. a cat.
0: <laughs> you know, waiting to um, deny the loan. Most of them aren't like that though, but 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 <laughs> right. there is that feeling. Yeah. And I think the really reason is is because you know people don't understand what they're yeah. looking for. Um, mortgage people are re- mortgage bankers are really bad at communicating. Uh, they're kind of like the contractors, you know. Right. You try to get them to call you back, and right. they don't call you back, or they don't show up when they say they're going to. And so, you know, it's it's uh it can make for a really stressful process. A hundred percent. A lot all, of anxiety.
1: All the fear and anxiety just comes from not knowing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So so let's take it from a thirty thousand foot level. What is your role in this whole process in the whole transaction? What's your role? Where do you come in? With you know, from an agent's perspective, like where do you come in to the process? Um, and what should they know about what you do?
0: Yeah. So, um, that's a great question. Uh, I kind of, I view a really good mortgage banker job is to absorb all the stress of the transaction for the client and for the agent, really. Uh, Uh, and that's kind of how I look at my role. So the, the reason a real estate transaction is so stressful, it's got so many different moving parts, right? Right. You've got the seller, you've got the buyer, you've got two agents, you've got the appraiser, you've got the attorney, you've got the inspector, you've got the lender. Right. And the lender's got people around him, so or her. And so you've got all these people, and they're one person getting off can throw everything off. So it's super stressful. Right. So most lenders kind of live in a silo. They're only gonna worry about the loan. Hmm. You know? And so I think the really good mortgage bankers learn to kind of absorb and be the middleman amongst all these parties, Oh that's you cool. know, and be, uh, someone that, you know, we can't talk directly to the appraiser, but we can make sure that the comps that they provided are good. And if they're not, we can send them back, you know, send, send back additional comps. Um, if there's an issue with title rather than, you know, having to worry the realtor with it and say, Hey, they got to deal with this. We'll make the call for them. So we come in, you know, I, I think a really good mortgage banker, um, the best processes I've seen, the realtor gets the mortgage person involved very early mm. and there's clear communication between all of them. Mm. Um, and most agents don't do that, right? I mean, there's times I, I get cl- calls from agents and they're like, hey, I've been showing clients houses for you know two weeks, um, but they need a pre-approval because they're going to make an offer. And I'm like, you've been showing them houses, wasting your time? They can't buy that house. 100%. You know? so I see that all the time. 100%. Um, and so I think- you know, getting that pre-approval, getting your partners in, whether that's your 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 lender or whoever in early um, makes all the difference in the world.
1: That, that's cool. And 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 again, for people who just start this process, it's really not that hard, right? Like to, to connect the person with a, a, a lender that you trust to get that pre-approval process yep. started, it's easy. And the pre-approval gets turned around relatively quick, right?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, same day a lot of times. It depends, it depends, it depends, it depends. yeah, it depends, <laughs>
1: <laughs> it depends, but generally, it's,
0: it's but, pretty, generally, but generally, yeah, yeah. It's,
1: it's a pretty quick process. Yeah, yeah, quick
0: process. So I had a, this is a, this is just, just happened this past weekend. New agents never reached out to me before, um, could not get whoever, whatever lender they work with was just MIA. Hmm. No responses. They sent the client to them, didn't respond to the client, didn't respond to the realtor. And this other realtor um, said, hey, call Derek, he'll get a pre-approval letter out. It made me really think like the amount of income that a realtor earns is directly impacted by the lender. A hundred percent. So you you can work so hard as a realtor and you get a lead and you nurture that lead and that lead becomes a client. And then you hand that client off to a bad lender and it never they never get to the closing table and 100%. you never earn commission. A hundred percent the amount of money that an agent's going to earn next year is directly impacted by the lender they choose that's it's just it
1: that's awesome and, and and it's really interesting to take that even a step further the people that the realtors are you know referring their clients to it's a reflection of them and it's a reflection of their brand. I yeah. mean, I would feel terrible and I'm sure that that agent did too. I would feel terrible if I said, hey, you know, get your pre-approval letter from this from this lender and then they could never get in touch with the person. They could never get the pre-approval. Like there was zero communication. That's a poor reflection on the agent. Yeah, And and that's something that I think uh, realtors should consider too. You know, the people that you surround yourself with, the team that you surround yourself with yeah. to get your clients to the finish line, massively important. Yeah, massively absolutely. important. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's such a well-said. And, yeah, well-said you
0: work point. so hard for those leads. You do, man. And then they're not just when they're a lead, they're not even a client yet. (laughs) That's right. You got to convince them because there's other agents trying to get them too. (laughs) And so, so, and then you handle off to some knucklehead who never, you know, gets it done. And you never, you never, they never buy a house because it gets fumbled around. So,
1: so let's, let's hang out here on this point for a second. What should an agent when they're looking for that team, that the, the people that they're looking to refer their clients to, What should they be looking out for? I mean, I mean, what what are some like maybe either some some uh, some red uh, lights that they should you know be seeing early on that maybe it's not a good fit, or what should they be looking for as green lights that they say, hey, this is this is the person I want to I want to help connect my clients to.
0: So I I think in terms of number one, I think the first thing an agent should look for is what's the reputation of the lender, Mm. you know, and you can get that through other realtors. Sure. You can get that through um, Google, you know, you can pull up Google and you can see how many clients love Derek, how many clients hated Derek. 100%. Hopefully there's not a bad, a lot of bad balance. <laughs> um, you can see it on social media, the lenders who are probably knowledgeable, right? Right. So you're vetting what's the reputation, right. you know? So that's, I think, number one. I think number two is just as critical and that's accessibility, right? Mm. So this lender may have a great reputation, but they might be full and not have capacity for another realtor, one hundred percent. you know, or not have capacity to help another client. And so how quick do they call you back? How quick do they respond to you? Do they respond to your texts? You know, and you can get a feel pretty quickly. Like if you're waiting six hours for them to reply to a text, they're not going to be a good partner because hmm. real estate's Moving, yeah. You know, we got to make offers. We gotta, we gotta get the pre-approval done. So we got to move fast. Timing is everything. Yeah. So I think reputation, accessibility, and then I think the third thing that people don't think about, if if I had to say one, is just, uh, do you like them? Hmm. Do you enjoy doing business with them? Yeah. Because you're gonna talk to this person constantly. A lot. The realtors that do a lot of business with me, I talk to them all the time, multiple times a week, a lot of times. So. You don't want to do business with somebody you got to communicate with 100 your nerves so yeah. i think if you could find someone with a great reputation they have capacity they're accessible they're good at follow-up they're good at communication that all kind of falls there and then if you like them
1: i think what you're talking about here if i could sum it all up into one word is who do you feel like you can trust true right because mm-hmm. at the end of the day again just like you i, yeah. I and i have never considered that point before it's such a good point an agent spends all their time trying to find that lead. Yeah. They get that lead in, they start the process. And if at the finish line, you get screwed by the person you're working with for, forgive me for saying that, yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. like, but if at the end of the process, if, if um, you know, if, if something goes wrong, yeah. right. Then that's, that's a, that's a, that's a big problem. You know, that's a big problem because Huge if the person problem. that you were with, maybe you didn't, maybe you didn't fully trust, but you were like, I think this might work, but something like those kind of things, uh, can often throw, throw, throw a deal sideways, yeah you know, and, and it's, it's significant. I think it's really cool. The other thing we're going to talk about a little bit later when we get there is, uh, what you do on social media. Cause I think that's the other yeah. thing that you, that, and I think this is the reason why I bring this up is because agents can learn a lot from this. I think this is something that a lot of agents are thinking about right now. But right now it's kind of the slow time in their, you know, in their calendar. There's yeah. not a lot of sales going on right now. And so this is kind of the time that a lot of people tend to focus on marketing. You yeah. should be focusing on marketing all the time. <laughs> but but this is the time that a lot of at agents kind times. of, at all times, <laughs> but this is, this is the time that a lot of agents do kind of turn their attention to, to marketing. And, and what you're doing with social content, man, is really cool. Thank it's, you, man. it's, yeah, Thank it's, you. it's, it's very cool. So that's awesome. So tell me just a few, and we'll get to the social media stuff later. But tell me a few of the you, you were we were mentioning earlier. There's a few horror stories. Like there's a couple of things that uh, that you've seen that, yeah. as far as like clients, you know, that can, yeah, really kind of shoot themselves in the foot a little bit.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, and some of them are are you know the, these are all from years ago, but you know, clients do all kind of funny things, <laughs> you know, when buying a house. Right, right? it's a stressful time. They. I don't know. Sometimes they, you know, not all of them, but there's a small major, a small percentage of of clients who will just do crazy things. So we've all heard the you're you're right. You're getting ready to buy buy the house, and you go buy a car. You know that, right. that's that's the typical typical thing. But yeah. I've had clients that um, spent, you know, their closing money on a vacation right before, uh, you oh. know, so that's that's pretty interesting. The,
1: um, like the money that they had to bring to closing? The money that they were going to bring to closing. <laughs> they they
0: spent a little too much in Mexico, <laughs> you know. The, the margaritas were too good, um, you know. Uh, that, so I've had that happen. I've had clients that were under contract, um, got a divorce, or decided they were going to get a divorce between now and 30 days, you know, so halfway in between. Um, I've had people that uh, we've had, people who forged tons of documents to get a loan, you know, so yeah, it can get, it can get super wild. So, um, obviously, and then, then people who just go out and buy furniture, open a credit card and and, and those kind of things. So, um, but yeah, I mean, bank statement people, you know, mortgage fraud is out there. And, and so it's, uh, it's nuts that when you come across stuff like that, cause you I I
1: hear mortgage fraud often. Is it really that, is it that big
0: of a thing? It's not that big of a thing. Okay. No, but you know, it's happened. Sure, it's ha- sure. It's happened, yeah. you know, to me. Yeah, uh, wow. You know, so uh, crazy, you've wow. got you've got good good operations people that that are looking out and and check double checking things and making sure things are, are good. But. Uh, but yeah, I'm trying to think if, I, I think the craziest, the besides the mortgage fraud, the craziest one is spending your money hmm. uh, on a vacation right before you buy a house. Yeah. And you have to delay, crazy. you have to delay the closing. Like, what do you, uh, what do you
1: think you're going, oh, what money are you bring in?
0: You got to like, delay, <laughs> delay till you get paid again. And then we're going to, then we're going to buy this house. Yeah, <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> so they the, had a great time in Mexico. <laughs> <they did. laughs> yes.
1: I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure they had some good drinks. Yeah. So the next the next thing I want to talk about is demystifying the process, which nobody knows what's going on that back room, yeah. which is the underwriting process. So, yeah. to kind of help uh, agents, to me, this is something that I've come across a lot in my own purchasing. So I'm an investor when I when we buy uh, our own property, and as a as a primary homeowner who's done this several times, yeah. it's really interesting because the agents that I've worked with before, even personally. The more that I feel like they can think like an underwriter when they're yeah. helping their client, mm-hmm. uh, the smoother everything ends up happening, at, you know, going yeah. after that fact. And, and so like kind of what you're think, talking about there, like some of the pitfalls, some of the things you shouldn't do, educating the client on yeah. that. Because I think that even though we laugh about that, cause you, you know, you've seen a lot of it Yeah. for most people, again, who only does this w- twice in their life, yeah, three, do four they times do at max in their yeah. life, they don't do it often. So these are not things that they think about. often. Right. So helping to educate them on what they should, shouldn't do, but also, you know, what is their, what is their current situation? What, like the pre-qualification process that an agent would hopefully kind of go through to kind of feel out like, you know, what position are they in? How can we best help them? And then, and then hook them up with you for that pre pre pre-qual letter. Kind of talk me through that. Talk me through underwriting how, again, maybe from not to get too technical, but from a 30,000 foot level, what should agents know about the underwriting process yeah. that would help them better be able to do that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So underwriters, you know, we talked about, we laughed earlier about them being the big bad wolf. They're not necessarily the big bad wolf. Um, in fact, what I introduced uh, an agent to one of our underwriters recently, she's like, that is not what I pictured, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what she pictured, but she did not picture the human being <laughs> that, she, that she people. saw. Just normal they're people. Just normal people. <laughs> yeah, so uh, they're not the big bad wolf. Um, so really there's, there's in, in banking, when you're getting a loan, there's five, what they call five C's, the five C's of, of and they're, they're just words that start with the letter C. In mortgage, there's really four and just to be cliche, you can use the four, but this is the four things that underwriters are looking for mm. in, in every loan. So number one is credit, right? Um, it's referred to in banking as character, but it's really credit. Mm. And what that means is if I lend you a thousand dollars, are you going to pay me back? hundred percent. Um, and not just, are you going to pay me back, but are you going to pay me back on time? Right? Cause I don't want to pick up the phone every month and say, Hey, can you send me that money you owe me? You know, mm. every month. So, The credit system, this could be a whole nother podcast. It's definitely broken the credit bureaus and how that functions. But that's the only true way an underwriter has to know, if I lend you this money, are you gonna pay my company back? 100%. So they're looking at credit for better or worse, right? Um, Number two, they're looking at what bankers refer to as capacity. So do uh, you have the capacity to pay back the loan? Yeah, your credit's great awesome. You've paid back every loan you have, but do you have enough income? What are your debts? And do you have the capacity with those debts and that income to pay this new mortgage?
1: We're referring to DTI here.
0: Debt yep. to income. Yep. 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 So, um, if you make a hundred dollars a month, um, and you're trying to get a loan that's going to have you spending $75 a month, hmm. you're probably not going to get the loan, right? Hmm. Cause you don't have any money. Hmm. So, um, it's just simple terms, but you know, yeah. Sure. So what's yeah. the capacity of the client? employment history, job, you know, you're self-employed. So, you know, you know how that is. Right. (laughs) It's different. Yeah. 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 So, um, so you've got, you know, the credit, you've got the capacity or the, or their income and the the employment side. Then you have, um, you have capital. That's the next C. And all that is, is where's the money coming from for you to purchase the house, right? So you went through the loan process and you know, Hey, I need your bank statements because I need to make sure you've got the money you say you're going to have. You know? Right. We don't need you, you know, dropping, bringing a briefcase of cash that's not you right. know, that nobody knows right. about, right. You know, you've heard it. You've heard that right. story, you know, mattress money, <laughs> right. you know, that's not allowed. since 2008. <laughs> since that's, 2008 that's, changed. About, yeah. that's exactly
1: yeah. what I was about to say.
0: Yeah. You're a, lot, not, you're, a lot
1: of these, because isn't it true that a lot of this really had like 2008 yeah. was the catalyst that yeah. changed, oh, changed really yeah. what the the vetting process was yeah. and lending process was yeah. for all, like a lot, of rules. a lot of the rules that we have now didn't exist back then. right? Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a great clip in the big short where um, That's a great movie. They're vetting. They 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 bring in because they hear this idea of the 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 bonds, the mortgage bonds, you know, tanking. Right. You know these mortgage backed securities, and they don't believe that can happen. Right. And so they bring in these mortgage bankers, and they're asking them about their client base, and they ask them, "Have you ever denied a loan?" And they bust out laughing. <laughs> you know, they're like, "You know, it's it's a great great scene." Yeah. And the other guys like. I just, he's like, I was a waiter six months ago and I just bought a boat, you know? Right. I mean, it's a great scene, right? but it's true. It was kind of the wild west. Anybody could get a loan. Right. It was easy. Um, they weren't, you, you didn't really care where the money was coming from. And so now uh, with the new guidelines, right, just to, to shore up our whole mortgage system across the country, you bankers have to know where that money's coming from, yeah, you know, 100%. and it can be gift funds, yeah. you know, so it's not like it's got to be all your money, right. but you can't just mysteriously drop a hundred thousand in your account. And, you know, the day before closing hundred
1: percent so, and it'd be okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, so anyway, you know, you're looking at credit character or, you know, that, that kind of the capacity to pay back the loan. You're looking at, um, at, at that aspect. And then the last aspect is the collateral, right? Right. So the property, and you know, this, you've got appraisers, they're going to make sure that the property is valued at least of what you're buying it for and, and somewhat of the condition of the property. 100. Right? So, you know, I, I just tell people, you know, those are the four big things that underwriters are looking for. It's not really mysterious. And if you have a good a lend, lending partner as an agent, those things are everything but the appraisal. The other three things have been done. hundred percent. You know? Yeah. yeah. So, well,
1: and and, and uh, just to, to, to take a step back, which I think is also important to say, if you pick a great partner, right, if you're surrounding yourself with a great team, and like you were talking about earlier, the communication lines of communication are open between yeah. you, the agent and the client. Yeah, it, it no matter it, it, all of this. Gets solved pretty quickly. Solved, not say if there's a problem that you can't like, but all of this really becomes a lot easier because you're yeah. the person who's helping to educate the client and make sure that everything is staying on track. Yeah, am I am I right about that? Absolutely. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, yeah.
0: You're you're yeah. keeping in communication. the The good the good loan officers communicate frequently with the agent and the client constantly through yeah. the process. You know, because it's so there's so much anxiety and stress, and yeah. so you know, the good ones. Are alleviating that stress through communication.
1: 100%.
0: Communication is alleviated. 100%. I mean, it's simple. Yeah. You know, it's not like it's rocket science here. Yeah. That's
1: awesome. And, and one of the, one of the best pieces of advice, and again, this is for agents, but one of the best pieces of advice uh, that I've always heard is to communicate frequently and communicate often, regardless if you have new information or not. Right. Like sometimes it, things could be going just a little while longer. If, if underwriting is still going for as an agent. And again, I'm not an agent, but this is something that just made a ton of sense to me because I actually experienced this as a, as a, as a, uh, as a buyer and as a seller, when they, you know, reached out and just say, Hey, I just want to let you know, haven't heard back yet. Things are still in motion. Everything's going good. There's no problems. Just want to let you guys know there's no updates, man. As, as, as a client that is massively beneficial to reducing stress and friction, you know? Absolutely. So I think, I think that's just a, a big thing. Lots and lots of communication usually will solve almost any problem that you have. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about for a second. Let's switch over to your, to what you're doing on social media. As a marketing uh, agency, as we are helping agents uh, do their thing, it's really interesting watching people in the real estate uh, profession what they're doing on social media. You mentioned earlier, like you're all commission, like to to go out there and nurture your own leads is also important as a, as a professional. And what you've been doing on social media has been really interesting to watch. It's been really really good can you kind of talk to me for a second about your approach? Like if you and I, I and guys, he, he was not prepared. We did not ask him to come <laughs> out and talk about this stuff. So you're kind of off the cuff here a little yeah. bit, but if you were to, uh, if you just were to share a couple of things, like how do you approach social media? Do you, are you on Instagram more than anything else?
0: Yeah. Instagram, okay. Instagram and TikTok. That's cool. Yeah, And LinkedIn.
1: Where do you see the most? What do you enjoy the most? Where do you see the most engagement?
0: So, um, Probably the most engagement is with Instagram. That's cool. Just because I've been on there longer. Yeah. You know, I I, I um, have a lot of relationships with local agents. And so, you know, constantly trying to put out information that they would find valuable. Yeah. You know, trying to peel back the curtain a little bit. Yeah. So that people, you know, see the process and understand a little more. So it's not so, you know, dark roomish. ish Sure. What's the underwriter doing? Yeah. So, but probably Instagram. TikTok has been fun. Yeah. It's um, made me... Uh, I don't I am I mean I'm a I'm a fun, lighthearted person already. I love humor and comedy and all that. But, you know, doing some skits and, and things with some of some of the team at the bank has been super fun. That's and I awesome. don't think without TikTok I would have done that. Yeah. I think I would have been a straight, like, you know, just conversations or just me talking to the camera, giving information. But it's kind of made me you know,
1: do you do you do you have a approach? And it's okay if you don't. But is there like something that you're tra- like? Are you trying to say, hey, I want to do a video a day, or maybe two videos a week, or like? And it, there's no right or wrong here. I'm just curious. Do you have kind of a system that you're trying to play by right now?
0: Yeah. So I, I don't necessarily. I mean, I'm trying to put out content, something every day, and it might not be a video of me. Um, it could be. I mean, it, it could be a, a post, um, a text post about an arm adjustable rate mortgage or something like that, you know, just I'm trying to just put out valuable information um, constantly. I'm not really, um, and I think this is probably a good approach for everybody. I'm trying to just bring value, right? So, um, and that value can be a laugh some days. That value can be boring adjustable rate mortgage information, but I'm just trying to add value constantly. Um, And so um, it's been fun. You know, especially doing the, the the skits that we do, yeah, um, or whatever. You know, so check check it out if you've if you've seen. We've got some funny ones up, but it's fun.
1: That's really cool. That to me, I've always seen that there's there's really two major categories here that you can pretty much boil down any successful social media strategy to. It's either highly entertaining, or it's either uh, it's highly educational. It's yeah. usually one of the two. The best. Is the blend of the two the blend the yeah. the blend, which I think is really powerful. So edu, that
0: like edutainment, edu-
1: edutainment, yeah, 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 I've yeah. heard that too. <laughs> yeah, edutainment. Um, and your account does that super well, and that's that's what that's what really kind of uh, uh got pick, picked up my notice. Like I was watching it, some of the skits that you've done. Is that are those pre planned? Is that something that in the moment you're like, hey, that'd be funny. You just go do it, like. I,
0: yeah. So sometimes we have our own ideas. Sometimes, um, you know, there's people around the office e- either. Um, there's two, two, two gentlemen that are used in the videos. One's another lender and one's, um, uh, he's kind of a alert, a, 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 what do you call it? Like a apprentice lender. Right. So those two, we kind of sometimes, um, you know, come up with ideas or, and do
1: you just go grab them and you're just like, Hey, oh, we like, do it. Like, yeah, let's it's, let's like
0: it's like, uh, that we did one with the funeral music recently and they just like, who's got a who's got something that looks like you're in a casket around here? And so they like went around till they found a blanket. Like to all the cubes, you know. <laughs> that's awesome. We're like five floors, tons of cubes, and they walked around to one of them walked around till they found a blanket. We laid it down. You know, it's just it's just fun.
1: But I think I think there's some lessons that's to be learned here. And and we're talking about a very simple thing, but there's a, there's an increasing number of agents who are saying, I know that this is important. I know this is a a way for me to be able to increase my visibility and to be able to garner more leads. I know that. Okay. But I don't know how to do this. I'm not creative. Like this is something that you hear a lot, right? Like I'm not creative. But for you, you're like, so I want to give a couple of examples of some of the skits that you've done just to kind of give an idea of what we're talking about here. But you get other people involved. And I think that that's okay, right? Like if you're an agent, go get two or three other agents involved. And, you know, you were like, hey, so I've got this idea. Where can we find a casket? And then you guys spent a little bit of time running around the office trying to figure out how you could like put together a little casket for the video. And And again, somebody's just filming on their cell phone, right? Yeah. I, I, I do believe that there's a time and a place for highly produced media for sure. For sure. But honestly, it doesn't have to be no 99% of the content that you're producing can very much be somebody filming it with a cell phone and you're going to get that engagement. It's it's going to be okay. So I think that's the first barrier. Most people think it has to be professionally staged professionally and it doesn't.
0: And I would, I would, I would echo that. I don't have nobody. Nobody's doing my social media. I don't have any lighting. Right, Like if, if right. you see even the videos, I'm talking to the camera, you're a light, you're, a, you're a For marketing sure. guy. I'm like, you're like, dang, Derek, we gotta get Derek some lights. You know, like, <laughs> I mean, it's just me with, the, with this, you know? So, I mean, I don't feel like, you know, I, f- I feel like people will come up. Most people have an excuse. Well, I don't have lighting. I don't have ideas. I don't have this. You just got to do it. Yeah, You know, you just yeah. got to jump. Yeah, You know, and realtors are way better than mortgage bankers. Sure. Know? I get calls from mortgage bankers yeah, all the time. You are
1: you're, you're a rarity. And you're <laughs> well,
0: like I get called from mortgage bankers and they're like what what do I need to do? You know, it's tough out there and I'm like listen. Why are you not on social media? <laughs> right. You know? Right. They're like, well, I'm not, you know. I'm like you got to do it. Right. Right. You got to do it, yeah. you know? They're 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 calling random you know i don't know calling random people trying to get you know coffee coffee appointments with realtors and those realtors never heard of them if they were on social media there's a high likelihood there would be it's like a warm intro 100%. right 100% it's like the the realtor feels like oh i know you know whoever it is my buddy Nelson Poe in the, in the business they know nelson already from social media 100% nelson get on social media
1: it's it's a it's it's, <laughs> it's a game changer i mean it's funny like for an agent the people who are on social and I've had this conversation numerous times, they'll go to that listing appointment and they sit down and they start the presentation, right. They get it. And they're like, Hey, no, like we, like, we, we know you, we know you, like, we don't need yeah. all this, like all the information's great, but like, we're not trying to see, you're not trying to sell us. Like we're ready to sign. Yeah. And that's what you want, right? Yeah. You want them to come to you just ready to buy. That yeah. That's, that's ultimately what the goal is. Yeah. Um, and so can you take us through some of the skits? like what, just out of curiosity, if you, and I know that you don't have the data and all that kind yeah, of stuff, yeah. but like, just like from top, like, what are some of the like, um, most engaging, what's some of the skits that's produced the most engagement?
0: Yeah. So, um, it, anything to do with an underwriter, you know, <laughs> will always produce, you know, engagement, I get you know? an underwriter on this yeah, show, yeah, yeah, yeah. anything to do with an underwriter. Yeah. Um, so, you know, for example, um, have you, have you seen the little guy Hezbollah? That, yeah, okay, okay. So, like, I didn't put this on Instagram, but like, TikTok, Hezbollah's walking, you know, real like determined, you know. And I just put in the captions, me walking uh, to the underwriter's office to tell them they calculated the income wrong. That's awesome. And that got tons of engagement on TikTok, you know. Um, but the skits, um, the one you mentioned with the uh, where I'm laughing with the underwriter, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm laughing. I'm laughing, but their joke's not funny, but I got to laugh because I need them to approve my loan, <laughs> you know? Right, and it's you hilarious
1: know. because like you're laughing, you're bending over and then you just kind of look in the camera yeah. and so just make like, sure they're not, like, funny. they're not funny. There's no underwriter
0: that's funny, <laughs> you know? Um, the funeral one is funny because you're I'm laying in a casket and, you know, the guys that I mentioned will come over and they lean over the casket and they go, Hey buddy, I'm I'm sorry. It's a it's a bad day for you, but I need a pre approval letter. <laughs> and that's just being funny because clients will call you, and that's part of our job. I'm, sure. I'm making fun at it, but sure. you know people make offers a lot of times on weekends, so we have to work right. when we don't want to work. Right. So that that's just kind of a, a joke one. And then anytime I'm I'm uh you know any any time doing vo- a voiceover, you know like I did one recently with the Grinch about from the Grinch movie. Um, talking about all the holiday parties you got to go to, you know, and the Grinch in the movie, he's like, you know, I'm not gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go. I'm gonna go. Yeah. You know, and he's going back and forth. So any any of those things, and those are all from, those are all ideas from TikTok. You know, just that I either saw or you know thought that would be a good idea.
1: A hundred percent. And I, I think that's a that's a that's a really good strategy. Like if. If you're sitting there wondering, what should I do? There's probably already content out there that can be repurposed. A
0: thousand percent.
1: That can be repurposed. And honestly, if you just go and you look at what the top top performing media is, if you go to TikTok, you go to the hashtag, check and see what other people are doing. That's producing a, a strong result. And then just put your own spin on it you know, it, like it, you don't have to create things a hundred percent from scratch. Yeah. And you've seen that actually play out. Like you, yeah. you were able to, to do it on your own and, yeah, repurpose, it, repurpose. and repurpose.
0: Yeah. I, I think, you know, if I were, if I were talking to realtors who were not on social media or were just, they have it, but they're not doing anything with, with it. I would say, go follow, go find the people that you look up to who, you know, are on social media, whoever they are, they don't have to be in the market. They can be whoever wherever, you know, they could be in Idaho, you know, but be a good realtor. And maybe you met them at a realtor conference, you you know, or you followed them or you just know them from TV. I I don't know. Sure. But go follow them and see what they're doing. Right. And you don't have to you're not going to copy their, sure. their videos verbatim. But if one of them is constantly talking about um you know uh I mean you know seller seller paid buy downs or whatever the strategy happens to be and they're getting a lot of engagement, you know, you can do some sort of video around that, right. you know, topic, right. you know, and you know, the crazy thing is with like TikTok and stuff, you can see how many views they have, hmm. you know, so you can, or plays. So, you know, you can go look at really successful people like Ryan's Serhant, you know, sure. who has a huge, wildly successful social media following. Yeah. Well, some of his videos don't get much engagement, Right. but then others get Huge engagement. huge engagement. So what did he do in those videos is different? 100%. Do something. Learn from that one. Take one piece of it. Go do some video, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I've got videos that get 12 views. Right. And I've got videos that get right. tons. Right. It's okay. Right.
1: That's right. And I think removing some of that fear, I think that there's a there's a concept out there where it's like I don't want to put publish anything out into the world that is not the most professional uh, look and sound and yeah. and is of the highest caliber of comedy and yeah know, yeah 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 like, yeah, 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 like yeah. there there is a lot of people who look and feel that way and that becomes a, a barrier yeah. to them doing anything yeah and in a, to me and this is just my opinion but to me the most important thing is to do and to start and to test yeah then you can change right yeah. then you can evaluate. What's getting traction? What's not getting traction? What seems to work? What's not working? And then just evolve, right? Like that's that's what this is. It it really is evolving. And for most, all of the content's going to a a very much a um, a merit-based system. So if you have a video that doesn't work, it's okay. You get another at bat the next time. And it's not like that, that video that you post didn't get the, the, the views that you wanted or the engagement. It's not going to negatively affect your next chance. Right. So don't feel like you're, you're failed or that you're hurting your account. There's a lot of people who feel that way. You're not hurting your account or your chances at growth or your chances to get in front of great leads. Um, You've got another at bat then literally the next day. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, Yeah. I, um, you know, you, you mentioned this, it's so hard for people to want to be on camera right? Yeah. They, they, and I get it. It's like, you're putting yourself out there.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, you, was it always you know, easy for you? Um, no, it wasn't always easy. Um, I think, uh, you, one thing that, one thing that I think can help people is, um, you're not being the focus. So you're getting other people involved. Sure. So early on, if you're trying to, you're trying to, you know, get comfortable with it, maybe you just walk around with your phone and you interview people. 100%. In your office. You 100%. Know, you ask other realtors like, hey, John, uh, you you could walk around and ask like, um, hey, what was, the, what was the price of the first house you purchased? Right. Yeah. And you could walk around and ask that to 20 people in the office <laughs> yeah. and then throw it up there, tag them all. You're going to get engagement. Right. And you're not the one being focused on so you feel more comfortable. So 100%. Maybe you do that all the time. Maybe, right. You, you know, maybe you're never the one focused on, but there's ways to do it where you're not... Looking straight at the camera. Yeah,
1: I, that's a great point. And I, I saw one one time that was really interesting, even for me, because as the market kind of normalizes and we have interest rates that are way more normal than than the yeah. <laughs> like the two percent yeah. free money we've yeah. had for the last several years. Um, They there was there was an agent who walked around the office and was basically like, "Hey, what was the first interest rate on your first house that you ever got?" You know, and yeah, like yeah. Th- that's interesting yeah. because then people it puts it into perspective. It's it's an educational tool that puts things into perspective. But you're right. You get all those yeah. added benefits of the fact that like, you're not the one on camera. You're not having to come up with the content, like all, all that kind of stuff. So it's yeah. it's very, and, that's, you can, that's and you're point.
0: and you involving other people. Right? Yeah. And they're going to post on their social media yeah. when you post it. They're going to repost it to their story or, or whatever. And so you're just getting more exposure. A hundred percent. There's a great, um, and I can't remember the guy's name. Um, I think it was on the podcast, another podcast diary of a CEO. Maybe I can't remember exactly, but he was talking about on YouTube. He would post videos all the time, and he would get he was get like ten views, hmm. twelve views, you know, nothing. And he said he kept doing it for a while, and nothing had come of it. This is a crazy story. So this is not going to happen to the average person, sure, but it could happen in a small on a smaller scale. Anyway, long story short, he gets a call from one day, and they they said they were from Oprah Winfrey's office, and they wanted to chat with him or Oprah wanted to chat with him. So long story short, Oprah had an idea for a new TV show on her network and somebody had seen his video on YouTube and they said, oh, you should check out this guy. He said, he's not exaggerating. He was getting like 10, 12, 15 views and like three of them were his family members. So <laughs> she went and looked and loved him and thought he was fantastic and he ended up work, coming to work for Oprah. Interesting. So it's not like that's going to happen for the average person, but what's, what is going to happen for that agent is eventually um, someone's going to refer them business yeah. because they see them or they saw their post. And this happens to me sometimes. Somebody will go, oh, um, I just saw your post about an adjustable rate mortgage. Can you call me and talk to me about it? Hmm. So an agent's going to post something and eventually being consistent, someone's going to message them. Hmm. And that's gold, hundred percent. Right? Because one client uh, turns into multiple clients over time, because if you do a good job, they're going to refer you and then they're going 100%. to refer you. So I think, um, it only takes one.
1: Right? It, re- it really does. It really does. Yeah. And we, we've been talking a lot about lead generation. I think that there's another side of it, which is lead nurturing. Once they yeah. do like, once they say, uh, once they get a referral and they're like, Hey, like there's this guy, Derek Horton, he's amazing. He's going to help you through the entire process. He's going to make that transaction smoother than any, any other, any other, uh, mortgage person can and they go, okay, cool. They look you up, they go to Instagram, bro, by the time they get finished spending 15 minutes on Instagram, they're gonna be like, I love this guy.
0: Like, I, <laughs> yeah. I love this guy. Can I do a skit? Yeah.
1: And, and that, and that, that is also immensely valuable.
0: Yeah. Right. Instant credibility, instant credibility. And yeah. whether and, you're and honestly is terrible, because whether you're credible or not, but it's instant. <laughs> right? it's instant credibility. That, that can be dangerous Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but for yeah. most people, it's great. You right. Know? That's awesome. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. And, and the the, the, the last thing I want to say here, which is, I think you made a great point. I'm just going to say it a different way is that, um, I often say that, and this is a double negative, but people can't hire you, book you, they can't, uh, they can't have you serve them if they don't know you exist. Right. right. And that's like fundamentally the first problem of, of any business, regardless of the yeah. industry, regardless of what you do, it's how do I get what, I believe out there how do I get what we stand for out there how do I get how we can help people out there yeah and uh, and social media is a great tool for that and even a few years ago I was more reluctant than I am now you know yeah. a few years ago I've, I even I have evolved in this thing because I used to be very much of the opinion that hey I can build personal relationships there's no reason to do this there's no reason to go... Even my opinion has changed, yeah, in my experience of how powerful this medium can be. So yeah. Yeah, I think that's
0: really important points. Um, and it's it's a you know it's it's just another tool in your tool belt. Yeah, hundred you know? percent. And your competitor, the thing about it is your competitor's using it, Yes. and you're not. <laughs> right. And so right, right, they got a leg up. That's right. They, they just, just they just do. They just do. That's so just, yeah get on it today, you know, yeah. start and it's never too late.
1: Well, and I, I've, I've had this conversation with a lot of agents over the past two months or so is that I, I'm a pretty firm believer that as we're moving into kind of the next era here of, of the of the industry, um, that there is massive opportunity for agents who will spend the time and energy uh, it takes to get good at this. Yeah, Yeah. Because there is, there is massive market share that can be, you you can, you can take up massive market share as a competitive agent, you know, being competitive, try to get as much business as you can. You can soak up a lot of market share of the future buyers, the future sellers. You can soak up a lot of market share if you work to get really good at doing this thing now. Yeah, And it's a skill just like anything else, right? Like learning what to post, learning what an emoji is and how to use it, learning how to use trending music, like learning what, what skits you could be doing and how to get better at it. All of that feels very uncomfortable at front. It's like a, a person swinging a baseball bat the first totally. time. You're going to miss.
0: You're, you're riding fall. a
1: bike. You're going to fall. Yep. Right? It's mm-hmm. a skill. The more you do it, the better at it you get. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, totally. it and it is there is a mountain of gold at the end. Yeah. If you if you put in the work consistently every day, which you have. Yeah. And and you're seeing the benefits from.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah constantly. That's really cool. And, and I think for me, um, you know, it, it's it, it, we talked about it. It's credibility, but it's also when agent a gets a, gets a, uh, contract Mm. and they see my name on it. Yeah. They go because it matters who gets the pre-approval, right? No, no no offense to some big banks, but if you get a, you get the name of a big bank on a pre-approval letter, the, the owner's going to go and their agent is going to go, Oh, I their finances with so-and-so a hundred percent. But you know, they may not know me personally, but they've seen me on social media. And so, That gives my client who's making the offer an advantage that we don't think about a lot of times. As you know, from the lending side, Um, I've told other lenders this: like you need to do everything you can to give your buyer client, you know, because I'm helping the buyer an advantage. That's social media helps that. That's such a good point. You know, and it's the same way on the real estate side. Mm. You know, giving an advantage, you know, uh, to their client um, by their exposure.
1: Well yeah. said, so well said, let, let me ask you from somebody who's on the mortgage side of things. And as we're kind of bringing the episode in for landing, the talk to me for a second about interest rates yeah. and talk to me for a second, not that I want to get too much into this, but how do you encourage agents to encourage their clients to think about interest rates right now? There's, there's a lot of, there's, there's a lot of fear right now. There's, there's a lot of people who, yeah. who hate having to pay and a higher interest rate than their neighbor did literally yeah. six months ago, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So like, how do you, how, how, what do you think about it? What's your perspective? How do you talk with agents to maybe to help them help their clients think about, you know, the place that we're in right now?
0: Yeah. So, um, I mean, there there's a lot of, the, mor- the mortgage world, and I mean, the mortgage market rate-wise uh, moves up and down. Mm-hmm. We're technically, historically, in a really normal m- mortgage market. 100%. You know, rates are where they probably should be maybe a little lower, but, you know, the 2% was unhealthy. Uh,
1: yeah, that's, that's 100%. So,
0: um, and I don't think we'll see, I, this is just me personally, I don't think we'll see the threes again, hmm. uh, for a long, long time. Sure. So, um, hopefully the fours, you know, we'll we'll see. But I think, you know, four and a half to 6% is probably pretty normal. 100%. And so, and,
1: and far healthier, I, I think, far that, healthier. I think that's, it's, it's in the agent's best interest for interest rates to be, (laughs) to be in a healthy, normal place. Because I mean, it, it can really drive a lot of unhealthy things in the housing market. That's going to just make an agent's job a lot harder and and their life a lot harder.
0: Yeah. For, for a long time. And this is kind of getting off on a separate thing, but I'll say it quickly for a long time, you know, you've got conventional loans and jumbo loans and the, there's a limit, right? So at some point it moves into the jumbo territory, which is another product, but forever, the conventional loan just kind of went from 424 to 430 to four, you know, whatever. Well, the last few years, because interest rates have been so low and the the madness of people wanting to buy, houses have, house prices appreciated fast. So now all of a sudden we go from 424 to 540, 540 to 640. And this year it's going to be 726. So in 2023, so I, I mean, it's, house prices have just forced it up. And so if we pull back rates again, way down, they're going to do the same thing. hundred percent. And they're going to make, it's going to be even more unaffordable. hundred percent. So I think um, ultimately I would like to see just steadiness in the market, you know, just, just steady balance. And if we land at six and a half, that's fine. Let's just keep it steady for a while. Well, and you know?
1: pe- people need predictability. Yeah. They, 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 need it. they need it. Right. They, they need yeah. to know that if I were to buy in at this point, that, you know, that stability that's going to be there for the next several years. um, Because, because I I think fundamentally people have safety and predictability. And, and if, and if they feel like that the rates might come back down again, that's going to lead them to making some, some rough decisions as far as holding off and not moving and, and that could have negative effects. So I think as much as we can get the message out that this is normal, and it's probably going to stay this way not we not that we all have a crystal ball or anything yeah, right yeah. but that this is a very normal place and things are probably going to stay this way and help and educate particularly the the next generation of home buyers yeah. right that yeah. this is this is what it's
0: supposed to be like. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Since,
1: I mean, high, the 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 housing prices haven't necessarily, at least in our local market, haven't necessarily dropped that much. No, I mean, no, still still, all, still it's, fast,
0: still fast, still, still moving strong. fast. Yeah.
1: yeah, still more. But that that's because of Greenville, uh, generally speaking. But uh, but that this is this is a very normal place to be, and and it's okay. So it's it's very cool to hear you say that because I haven't gotten a chance to talk to a lot of mortgage people.
0: Yeah, uh, about what we're seeing here. Yeah, so. and I think for for realtors having the conversation, mortgage rates move up and down you know at some point they will come down you yeah. know um what you what what i have a responsibility for is to make sure that my client and the realtor's client doesn't get into a pickle hmm. you know financially sure. um and uh, but eventually they're going to buy they're going to buy that house now and that house is likely in our area going to appreciate yeah and eventually rates are going to come down right so they're going to have equity in the property they're going to be able to refinance very little cost uh, most most lenders advertise now, hey, they know rates are going to come down. So lenders are advertising, hey, if you do it alone with us, we're not going to charge you for the refinance. So yeah. you, can, you can refinance. So um, I, I think if you're in a position financially where you're comfortable buying a house, waiting because interest rates is a mistake. Hmm. You know. And, and, and if I was a realtor, I would, I would say that yeah. because in five years, here's what the house is going to cost. Yeah. You know, even taking just a, a more moderate approach. Right. Um, the historical, in, yeah, what, 3% appreciation in, yeah, or whatever. In five years, interest rates might be here, but now you're paying this for the house. Whereas if you bought it then, you could just refinance to a lower rate. Yeah, And it's not for, you know, listen, I'm not a lender that thinks everybody should be buying because everybody's not in a position to buy. 100%. You know, um, people. some people do need to rent and some people, you know, it's just so, but I think ultimately if you're going to buy, um, waiting costs you money.
1: A hundred percent. And I like the idea that get in now, you will have options later. You You have options later, but if you don't, you're probably gonna, you're, I, the, the biggest fear I have for most people is that if they choose to wait, their options become more and more limited. And I I think, I think that's probably going to be true with what we see in our at least for here in Greenville, South Carolina, what we see in our local market, um, I think that that's going to continue to be kind of a, a true thing. Yeah. You said something earlier that I really want to touch on too. It's, I think that there's a lot of <laughs> oftentimes people see lenders yeah. as a, as a contentious or a confrontational relationship. Oh, true. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and I, and it doesn't have to be that way. Can you kind of talk me through that for a second? Cause like what you were talking earlier and, and I, you mentioned the thing of, you know, we're working together to try to, you know, make sure this happens. And we're here to protect both parties. It's not just about the lender protecting themselves. No, it's also about the borrower protecting themselves too.
0: Right. Yeah. Can you talk me through that? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you've heard these terms before, but you're, you're a trusted partner, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, in the transaction or a trusted advisor to the client. Um, and so I think it's critical that, you know, we wear suits at at where I work and, um, you know, the old Dion Sanders adage, you look good, you feel good, you feel good, you play good, you play good. They pay good. They pay you, they pay good. You live good. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. So anyway, you know, that's, that's something we talk about and laugh about. And that can be, sometimes people are like, Oh, suits, you're not going to relate to people. But, um, the, the lender and the client should be a very, uh, very, very just close relationship and it should be a trusted partnership. Um, the, the lender, they should never get the feeling that the lender doesn't want to help them buy a house hmm. ever, ever. And if they get that feeling, you know, they're in the, they're with the wrong lender, right. You know, because, because um, it's
1: in the lender's best interest to try to give you that loan, true, true. right. If, it, if,
0: if all the yeah, things work true. out and, um, you know, it's, it's a lot of people's dream to own home, And yeah. so, you know, I see myself as kind of an enabler of those dreams, if it makes sense, you know, to help that client. And so there's nothing really more satisfying than helping someone who's never bought a house get to a point of buying a house Hmm. because there's no other tool in their belt that's going to add to their wealth like that. hundred percent. Because Americans don't save like they should. They don't invest in the 401k. And, And I get it. Stuff costs a lot of money. You got kids, you got bills. You don't have money to put aside. Well, you're going to buy a house and it's going to appreciate. And there's people out there say, oh, you shouldn't buy a house. Da, da, da. Well, that's the best tool you got 100%. to build wealth. M- most people. And so um, helping people get to that point is a big deal. Hmm. And the, the good lenders still feel that as much as they did the first transaction.
1: How does it feel to get somebody to closing?
0: Oh, it's amazing. You know, especially somebody who's who's never owned a home. Yeah. You know, um, who 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 is, is maybe the first person in their entire family tree yeah. to own a home, um, and it's it's it happens all the time, and it's a big deal. It's a big deal because it does change the trajectory of. It can change the whole trajectory of a family, um, the stability, not moving year to year in a rental, um, knowing what your payment's going to be every month, not worrying about the landlord going up. It brings a lot of stability that. That uh, I think people forget that how important the housing market is to our country.
1: Mm, so, that's that's awesome. That yeah. I can't think of a better way to wrap that up. Except, do you have one piece of advice, something for agents? Because we talked about a lot. I know we've covered. We talked a lot. <laughs> we talked a lot. So, yeah. like, do you have maybe a piece of advice? I want to respect your time. Anything that you feel like, um, you know, every agent who's listening to this should know about how to either how to work with, with, uh, the lender in a, in a, in a better way or something for them to be able to carry on to, to do with their client that maybe they're not doing now. Yeah. What's one piece of advice?
0: I would say, and we, 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 this is how we started. Um, I, I think that you're only as good as the people around you. Mm. So the amount of, of success you're going to have is impacted by your lending partner. Mm. Um, and so choose it wisely don't be afraid to change it if you need to. Um, don't be afraid to, to I, I hate to use the word interview, um, yeah. but I, I got a call years ago from an agent who had just moved out of town and she said, um, hey, I wonder if we could grab coffee. I'm, try, I'm interviewing new uh, lenders. And I, and I was jokingly, I was like, well, I'll meet you for coffee, but I'm not doing an interview, you know, cause <laughs> I, you know, but I was joking with her, but what yeah, yeah. she was trying to say was, Hey, I want to meet you and I want to see if you're a good fit. 100%. So you should be, agents should be doing that. Yeah. Um, and I'm speaking from the lending side, but there's all kind of people that they work with through the process. Sure. So you, for example, um, having good partners, um, will make them or will, will, break their, their career, man. I couldn't have said it better myself. So. That
1: is, that is. And, and it's so true. Yeah. I would say that probably the number one factor for success in this industry is having the resources and the people to connect your clients with and to support you like to, cause there's man, if they when especially for the new agents, there's so much that you don't know, you don't know. Right. You don't know. You yeah. just don't know yet. Yeah. You know, and that's okay. You'll learn. Yeah. But to put people around you who who will support you through that process, and you know, who won't talk above you and, and help you through it yeah. and help you understand how everything works and and how best to help the people that you want to serve. You know. Yeah. So, yeah. so so well said.
0: Yeah. So you're just out there looking for a partner. Yeah. You know, a good partner to help you get the client the house that they want. That's awesome.
1: All right, man. So let everybody know where can they find you? If they have any questions or they're wanting to take you to a coffee and an interview,
0: (laughs) take me to a coffee. (laughs) Um, actually I don't drink coffee. Take me to get tea.
1: Nice. Gotcha. Gotcha.
0: I I love chocolate. I love tea. I love basketball. (laughs) If you want to entice me, those are the things. Um, so at mortgages by Derek, um, you can find me there on Instagram and TikTok, And, uh, that's the easiest way. Just message me there. And, um, I'll be happy to help. And I'd love to connect with anybody, Uh, buyers, realtors, Happy to answer questions, That's awesome. even if uh, I'm not helping on the transaction.
1: Man, this has been amazing.
0: I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Because hey, this,
1: this is really helpful information. I mean, we, uh, we talked about everything from mortgages to social media.
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. Yeah, it's a fun time. Thank you for having me. Yeah,
1: you're welcome, man. Guys, hopefully you took a few things away from this conversation, a few golden nuggets that will help you uh, build a better business and the life that you're trying to drive, uh, drive towards. Guys, have an amazing day and amazing week. We'll see you next time. Go out there and crush it. So long. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Hopefully this was really helpful to you in your journey of building a business. If you liked what you heard, please click subscribe and go to iTunes and give us a rating. That helps us out tremendously when we're producing, hopefully, content of huge value to you. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. And I hope that you have an amazing week. Go out there and crush it. I'll see you soon.